Hello, welcome to episode number 204 of the Applog Podcast. I'm your host, Simon Head. The podcast today is brought to you in part by BetterHelp.com. Get affordable private online counseling anytime, anywhere. Talk with a licensed professional therapist online. It's discreet, it's affordable, and you can get it wherever you want, whenever you want. Just simply go to BetterHelp.com slash Applog and start your seven-day free trial with the code word Applog. And get therapied up, everybody. Everybody needs it from time to time. Just check in. It's good to have. Okay. Thanks, everybody, for shopping on Amazon. You two can support the show on Amazon by going to applog.ca slash Amazon or applog.ca slash US Amazon. You can do the old-fashioned way by going to applog.ca and click on those banners located on the right side. Locate your country, whether you're from Canada, the United States, or the UK. Bookmark those links, and every time you shop on Amazon, use those links to shop and support the show. Cost you no extra money. I'd like to thank everybody for helping me out on Patreon. You can become a patron too by going to patreon.com slash You can pledge as much or as little as you want on a monthly basis to help with hosting and gas fees, and you can cancel any time. Buy a t-shirt. Go to applog.ca slash shop. There's music for sale on there too as well. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Give it five stars, please. Like the show on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash Pod. Follow me on Twitter at SimonHead666. Today on the show, I have Mr. Paul Dolan. Paul Dolan and I go back 20-something years. We met on gigs. We laughed with each other on gigs. Um, Paul has got this amazing look on the universe and on the world. Uh, he's always fun to hang out with. Very fast and very funny. Just good tech, good person. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Paul Dolan on the Apologue Podcast. Rolling. Rolling. <laughs> Paul, you went through some shit to get up here. I, yeah, I got into a little uh, fender bender. Yeah. I was uh, <clears throat> rear-ended by a Toyota van. Saw it coming. Mm-hmm. Thought it was going to be worse. Yeah. Yeah, it was way better. Well, I'm glad you're okay, because this year the first car crash to come to it. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. I apologize you're for welcome. the delay. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's been a while. I think we've known each other for 20 years now. It's okay. been, because I think I met you in the late 90s. I think I was sort of already sort of back from, well, just starting to really like get on tour and stuff. And I don't know where you were in the 90s, but in the, like, I was going to say thought, 98, 99. I thought it might have been a bit earlier because I think I ran into you when you were working for, I could be wrong, for the Headstones? No, that would, oh yeah, but I wasn't for the, with the Headstones. I was with Treble Charger probably. Maybe that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was like a long time ago, like mid 90s, as far as I recall. Yeah, where were you? What were you doing? Uh, 94, 95 was it's just starting the amphitheater, the Molson Amphitheater. Oh, right, 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 old, right. Uh, Crocodile Labor Services, aka oh, yeah, NASCAR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I met you on a corporate thing. I think when it was like it was me and this girl Cat, and it was an overnight thing, and we worked. And that's the first time I ever met. And I don't think you were working for NASCO at the time. I think you kind of had a bit of a hate on for them. At <laughs> yeah, I might have. It's always like a love hate with them, right? <laughs> Actually, I'm back in love with them. I've been supervising at the Living Arts Center. Yeah, well, that's yeah, because yeah, they need it, right? Like they've gone through a big shakeup there and dealing with. It's yeah, big uh, turnover in crew. Yeah, uh, but oh really? They seem to be doing okay. Every time I get a text from somebody, it's like, "Hey, can you do four hours at the Hammerson Hall?" And I'm like, 
It takes me four hours to get there. Back. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was thinking there's no, like it's a dig haul I could dig if it's yeah. like nine to like midnight. Yeah. But. Yeah. And I've sort of slowed down because the only really people I know is like Sean and, and you and I don't know who's there that I knew before. Uh, Andrew Wilcox came back. Do you remember Andrew? I think so. Yeah. He's, he used to work for PRG. Okay. And for Middleworks. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. He uh, just came back from Vancouver. He's working there. Uh, kind of head carp, head video. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's doing really well. Yeah, and when you know the when I love you know Victor Svenningson is the person that I always sort of use as a benchmark to yeah as TDs and people in general that how he navigated his way through that bureaucracy for twenty three years. He's got a thick skin. Yeah, like, I've never seen anyone able to to like blow off bullshit. Yeah, better than Victor. Yeah, I just can learn something. Yeah, you know like, what I mean. Even I've done bullshit to him, and he's just been like, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've had situations where I always reference back to what would Victor do? And I always have this sort of use it. When I speak to people about like when it comes to respect in this, in this industry, I would walk off a cliff for that man. Yes. You know, and a lot of people, and that is a tough thing to gain as a person, but it's, it's when you have it, you have it. Like he has it. But his respect for crew and entertainment technicians as a whole. Yeah. Is he's very respectful. Totally. Absolutely. Uh, which I find is, it can be missing in some crew production relationships. Yeah. Like some guys are kind of asshole-ish. It's like, uh, how do you describe it? You kind of scare them straight a little bit. You try to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't think we need to scare these kids anymore. Yeah. Not like the back in the day. Yeah. Like. Yeah. There, we always get into this. There's always a generational thing for people who have been doing it for over a certain period of time. Yeah. Always has a disdain for the people who come up. And there's two reasons. I was speaking to a light designer a couple of days ago. A lot of it is that, well, A, the training is completely different. It's now like um, technical-based and not, not like practical-based. Yes. So when you're dealing with experience on how to do something, you're dealing with a technical knowledge. And as a practical learner like we are and like yeah. we came through it, it's really tough to understand that ethic. Yeah. So it, and I think that's as things go as generations look down to other generations. But there's a lot to be learned from that generation. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I've, I've been learning to be a lot more relaxed with the new generation coming in. Mm -hmm. My, I don't really yell at crews anymore mm -hmm. uh, unless I'm having a neurotic day. <laughs> <laughs> and my mental health issues are going, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> but uh, it's, they're really teaching me too that uh, allow them the chance to do it. Yeah. Like not say no. Yes. yes. And when you say, oh, here's in, cause you don't want to sound like a pessimistic asshole. Then you go, that's not going to work. Yeah, not gonna so, worry. why are you doing that? That's not going to work. You're stupid. <laughs> so, so what I explained to him is, okay, yeah. I'm going to allow you to take the rope and do it. Yeah. Try not to hang me too hard. Yeah. Don't cost me any money. Yeah. I don't understand what you're talking about. Go to work. Yeah. 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 And then all of a sudden it's like, I'm seeing a new way of doing it mm -hmm. and I'm learning something new. Totally. And that is where yeah. we kind of like, yeah, I'm in, the, I'm in the same boat with you. Like, cause I work with younger people. And then when you deal with like, I hear a lot of people say, ah, millennials, this millennials, that. And I go to an extent. Yes. But that's a generalization. There's a lot of hard work and millennials out there who want to make a go at this world. And yep. that's, you know, and so I see it though. You see it a lot, but at the same time you try to say, we got to give them a break because we were there. 
you know, think about Look, we were like when we were I had two years so old. So many opportunities at the age of 20, 22. Like I was crew chiefing and production assistant at Wilson Park at right. 21. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who, what other 21 year olds are going to get that opportunity? Yeah. We probably met there a few times too. Yeah, that yeah. was a good time. Yeah. Yes. Those were... I did a Facebook, I did a Facebook group on Wilson Park because that's, that's right. I, that yeah, that story was is fascinating about how it turned into Park Place and then the largest grow up in Canada. Well, I didn't even know that grow up was happening. <laughs> yeah, we, you we were just there. moved out of there. Yeah. <laughs> and as far as I knew, it was still a, like some of the breweries still kind of worked. Yeah. But uh, back in those days, it was insanity. Yeah. Like a, like a forklift skid of beer for the end of the day yeah. for a crew of 30. And golf cart stealing and uh, winding up in the lake. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. ATV crash into the uh, loading dock. That was pretty funny. Biscuit, Biscuit and Darren, Tui, we were just speaking before we, but we were talking. He told me stories where people would try to throw their booze over the, over the fence at Highway 400. Yes. And then they would just wait there for it and take it. And go grab it. Yeah. <laughs> And people were thought they were being so smart. Yeah, it was hilarious. Just waiting there for food to come or, or booze to come over the thing and then take it with them. Well, yeah. going back and watching when they come back the next day is even funnier. <laughs> That's what I like to do. All right, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like look at those. It's because I like. <laughs> I never worked as a as a crew there, but I came through as bands and stuff. So came through there with Triple Charger a few times. But you would have been there in the heyday, like the late early nineties. It was like 91, 92, yeah. Yeah. And then that, I did my last Molson Park in 94. Right. Yeah. And I think I did one uh, Mariposa that Stomp and Tom played, and I was just a, I worked on this weird little stage, a little band shell, like out in the middle of like the park somewhere. Oh, yeah. There's a little wooden band shell. As you come in, where you would come in from as a, uh, as a touring band, there's a little band shell, and I stayed there, and I slept on that stage, because I was like, people are going to steal all this PA. This is just a PA setup. I was such a, like I was thinking, I was like eighteen, nineteen. Why don't they? Uh, oh, forget it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> so I set it up the night before, and uh, what was her name? Kitty Cross was the Kitty systems Cross. tech. Yeah, she was the systems tech in I the main Kitty. stage. And I remember being backstage, and the whole PA went into full feedback, and I've never seen anybody freak out like her. Like, what the fuck? And she like ran for front yeah, of house. That yeah. was Kitty Cross. Yeah, yeah she's yeah. awesome. She was my uh, audio teacher in uh, theater production school. She taught me uh, live sound at Harris Institute. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. She yeah. actually really, uh, I was a problem for her. Oh, yeah. At first, because I have a bit of a don't yell at me, fuck off attitude. <laughs> and she was very stern with me. Yeah. And I was like, you can fuck off. Yeah. I'm, I'm not dealing with you. Yeah. 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 And then we had to sit down, come to Jesus at the end of the first year. And realize you're a lot the same. Oh, yeah. And then <laughs> second year, it was like, Wow, because she did teach me a lot in first year, though. Like, had to patch a stage. Yeah. Uh, proper way of dealing with equipment and artists. Yeah. Like, that kind of stuff. She told me crazy stories. I and mean, she was, like, monitor tech for Max Webster or something. Oh, Jesus. And she wouldn't be allowed on the bus. Like, you know, women on the bus. She's no, like, no to- man- I'm crazy. I'm a monitor lady. Like, yeah. Great person. Is she, but, is she still teaching? And Have you seen her around? She, As far as I know, she's got, like, a uh, a travel type of thing for going through Honduras and Southern right. South America right. as a travel agent, a tour uh, guide. Oh my God. Uh, she's on Facebook actually with her group. Okay. Of Kitty's, uh, I don't know. Fascinating person. She's awesome. Great yeah. stories. Yeah. Like great funny stories. Yeah. Of, yeah. And she, like she taught us how to troubleshoot in a pretty good way too. That is and a she, tough thing to teach. And she taught me that I didn't have ears. And I should never tell people I could do audio. You have a great ear for lighting. You have a great ear for lighting and you should just stay over there in that corner. <laughs> when did you get started? Like what, what, how old were you when you sort of realized I want to be a tech or I want to be in this biz? It was weird. 
I was, uh, I just lost my job as a car jockey yeah. in, in Mississauga. What's that? Oh, you drive cars around, wash them, clean them up. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was like 15. They didn't know I didn't have a driver's license. <laughs> And uh, yeah, every once in a while I would get, uh, I would drive up to London, like in a brand new car stickers on the side to go drop off a car. That's amazing. And I got pulled over once on the way back and I had memorized my brother's license uh, information. Yeah. So when they called it in, it all worked out. So oh, I was, I'm Sean Dolan, blah, blah, blah. Here's my, here's my driver's license number. I'm sorry. I forgot it. Yeah. That was, was your out. You're free to go. Oh my God. Yeah. I was doing like 130, Sean. like, here you go, Sean. Good luck. Thanks, dude. Oh my God. It was pretty funny. At 15. So you, so, so you lost a job. Did you Sorry. Sure, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I was <clears throat> actually on my, I was a student at Don Bosco secondary school, which is renowned for, for Doug Ford teaching football there and it being okay. a crackhead school, mm. but I, I enjoyed it. The crack was good. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyways, uh, I was just leaving and this guy came up and he goes, what are you doing? Like three hours from now. And I'm like, going to probably be sitting drinking somewhere. What's up? He's like, I need someone to help me with the show. I'm mm. like, what do you mean? He goes, just show up. I'll give you a case of beer. <laughs> show up at 630 and I'll show you what to do. I'll, you can walk through the whole thing. And it was like this theater production they had wrote. Yeah. And my first cue was to cr- uh, go crawl under these risers in a step unit and light some uh, smoke uh, bomb off <laughs> with, <laughs> with actual, later. like with matches. <laughs> and I'm like, this is the best time ever. Right. And how and you're 15. I was like 16 at that point. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It yeah. was good. And then all of a sudden, it just I started helping with all of the, all the uh, school plays and all the stuff, and that's where it started. So, so through, through high school and stuff. Yeah, right? I fell yeah. in love with it right away. Yeah, I was like, this is fun. Yeah, this is and a good. Did time. you ever think it was just going to be my? No, because I was like a horrible student. Yeah, um, just fucked around all the time. Yeah, and the guidance counselor was like, hey, I want you to think about doing this for a career. I'm like, what do you mean? Oh, I can do this wow. for a living. A guidance counselor actually came up with a good idea. Yeah, and he goes, "You can. Here's where you can apply for schools. Here's where you can work. Wow, I think you would do well at." And I was like, "Cool." So I actually went back for a year to get my my grades up. Yeah, and applied to Humber, got in, not knowing at the time they would take anyone breathing. <laughs> <laughs> but they, I was so green, and they taught me a ton, man. And their patience was amazing. We still have a great theater. Like technical theater there too. Though, it's right? yeah, it's going through some uh, changes right now. Uh, unfortunately, uh, School of Creative Performing Arts is uh, folding and being sucked up by School of Media. Oh, okay. So, yeah, let's see what happens. Mm-hmm. Live entertainment isn't doing as well as it used to. Uh, getting bums in the seats is harder and harder every time. Totally. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that's that's the sign of the times. That's what's happening with. Everything except for movies. Movie theaters seem to be doing okay. I got to tell you, I'm guilty of going to a movie theater every week. Yeah, like uh, because of the experience. But somebody, if you could use that as a model to put people back in, say, watch an opera or watch something, without you know how there's a how do you do that? Like, and theaters figured it out. They just threw a whole bunch of money at it, made it look and sound amazing, and that's how people like. Well, I can't do this in my living room. I can try. But there's experience, you know, at a certain group, age group, people want to get out their car, yeah. drive there, grab some popcorn, watch. How do you bring that back to live theater? Got to bring down the price for one thing. Yeah. And I'm not blaming any unions for that. No. Like, I hope that didn't. No. It costs, yeah, no, it costs 10 times amount to to do a live show every day for six months than it does to film at once. Actually, I guess if you compare the prices now to the way that it used to be with the IATSE IATSE rates Mm. compared to the rights for the rest of the venues now, it's not that 
far apart. Yeah. Yeah, I actually kind of did. They kind of bent their rules. Not bent, but they changed their model. Yeah. It's too bad they can't do that with Exhibition Place, but... Uh, yeah, that was, that's a whole other kind of... Let's wait for that. Uh, you know what? Yeah. I, I, I don't know if it's right to say this or not. I don't think they're ever going to get that venue back. Yeah. I think this the city is going to keep locking them out. Yeah. And at some point, the CNE will get the numbers back up. And right. I'm, I'm sorry, Local 58, please don't sue me. No. no well, the kidding. problem is, is uh, the media called it a strike. And then, you know, when I, I, because there's one show that's supposed to be there at Rico, the Joe Rogan. Uh, yeah, live, and they moved it. And he moved it, but he called it a strike. Every podcast episode he put out saying, oh yeah, there's a strike on in Toronto, so we have to move the venue, different agreement. But it's like, no, 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 no. It's a lockout. That's yeah. a whole difference. That's a whole, I don't even know who's in there doing production now. I understand they brought in guys from Alberta to set it a up. A lot of people with uh, Birkenstocks and uh, a will to A will to dog. work? <laughs> <laughs> Not doing much. So a lot of people are taking great pictures of, of that people. load in. And the other one is there was one particular PA company that brought a lot of people over. I'm not going to name them because it would just be talking shit. But Look, Yeah, I heard that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So we said that if you, <laughs> but we, you know, we can come back to that because, because when you went to Humber, sorry, I, I we digress. Oh, sorry. I yeah, I know. That's my know. life. I know that's me. I, I digress. Yeah. So, so you got, you got out of Humber and then sort of just got thrown in the world or were you always sort of working in the biz? Uh, like it was after like my first week at Humber, like faculty were like, what are you doing at midnight? Yeah. Wow. What do you need me to do at midnight? <laughs> like, I'll do anything. Yeah. No, I'm yeah. just kidding. Uh, but yeah, I just started catching calls throughout theater in my first and second year. Then I got a job at Wonderland oh. as a technician. What years? Uh, that would have been 88, 89. That's so hilarious. You know why? Because I applied to Wonderland around that same time. I think it was 86, 87. Where were you? Uh, I lived in Greenwood. They said I was too far away. So I lived about 10 minutes south of here. So that would have been before me. Yeah. Yeah. I was there and it was open. I was like 15 or 16. So yeah, it was 85-ish, 80, 85. They were pretty strict about that uh, back then. Yeah. They lightened up a bit of shortly after that. Mm-hmm. Like there was guys that were 16 on the crew. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they said it was too far away. Is what they said. I had a car. So I would have had a room 16. Well. Next time. I think you, I, I don't, <laughs> would you have done okay in that environment? With the- I don't know. I know that that was the only place, and I had no training. Like obviously when you're 16, you don't know. I wanted to be a technician really bad and when i was like 16 17 i wanted to be a sound guy so i that's where i thought where the work was and there was no other work to to be had in that capacity so i think i would have done okay but then i meet people who come out of wonderland who it's either hot or cold experience like it's either it was the best time of my life or it fucking sucked oh see i had the best time of my life yeah Uh, they treated me really well there yeah it's polarizing i bet you they probably weed out the dicks by treating them like shit uh I found that uh, they would offer them another position within the park. It was called Blue Ice Cream, and you were so you were no longer going to be a technician yeah. for the entertainment department, but yeah, uh, you will be selling Blue Ice Cream on International Street by the fountain. Yeah, and here's your uniform. Here's a camera. You like media, right? Here's a camera. Go take a picture and try to sell it and hawk them out. I can't remember the guy's name for the life of me. He was he went to Ryerson, and he they offered him the Blue Ice Cream job because he was an asshole. Yeah, <laughs> and he took it. Really? Yeah. He said, uh, yeah, I'll do it. And, and he then, still works there. So that, no, no. That, well, then the next day, yeah. he actually started the gig. Yeah. I went to go say hi. And he's like, hey, man, you want ice cream? I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, here, come on. They're free. <sighs> I'm like, what are you doing? He goes, I'm just going to head it shit free all day until they fire me. <laughs> and he did. <laughs> oh, my God. That's amazing. It was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, you're, you're the best. <laughs> so he wasn't an asshole after all. 
Uh, he was, but yeah, he, yeah, in his own way. Yeah. What I do notice, though, like, I mean, Wonderland was sort of like, that'd be the great place to play. But I met a kid who was a student that was a work study with us when I worked at York, who worked at that point at Wonderland in the sort of 2006. They go, they had the same amplifiers they had since 1980 when they first yeah. opened. They have all that same shit still in there. Yes. And they're still patching it together and yeah. making it work. And it's If you're a real technician and you can fix stuff, go work at Canada's Wonderland. Yeah, because yeah. you're just limping it together. It's yeah. like working those uh, at the amphitheater, those those PA the 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 delays yes those things are constantly like falling apart they were falling apart 15 years ago when i was taking calls at the amphitheater you know what i haven't been there in i went to go visit pete sillers yeah at uh what's the name of that band with the uh, public enemy cypress hill and rage against the machine oh i know what you're talking about yeah uh, prophets of rage yeah prophets of rage so i went down had dinner with pete prophets of rage had a great time great show yeah yeah it was like Fun watching those old bastards run totally, around. Totally right. Yeah. yeah, it was a good yeah. time. The place mm-hmm. was packed too. And uh, what's his name? Foo Fighters man, uh, Dave uh, Grohl went up and did a couple of tunes. Wow. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, it's cool. So when you left, uh, so so Wonderland. How long were you at Wonderland for? Two seasons. Two seasons. But they also hired me in the winters to go do stuff in the winter time. Which was? Uh, we'd go on into Canterbury Theater at the time. I don't even know what's. Yeah, now, yeah, yeah. And just do maintenance calls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, yeah. was great. And I had no idea I was working that slow until I left. Canada's Wonderland in college, <laughs> but I, the pace there's pretty slow. Yeah, no, but it's a learning environment, of course. Yeah, like I've heard stories where, um, like at that Canterbury Theater, where someone would like completely load the arbor and there'd be nothing on the. You are absolutely correct. Yeah, and this guy, his name is Dutch. He got he was uh, Michael Steenvorten is his real name. He got almost pulled up twenty feet. That- that similar thing happened to me in that same theater, but I caught my toes on the rail. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what he did too. I mean, the same it hurt story. like a motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, it was painful. Yeah, yeah. But, but they don't really. I don't think they even had a show there this summer. In there, if they did it, I don't know if it went or left. I haven't been there in years. I man. only take my daughter. Like we go once a year and we do all the rides and stuff. And I almost want to vomit, but really, yeah, you don't I like don't, the rides, eh? I did. When you're, I see. I want to go on rides, but I'm 49. <laughs> we took. Not gonna blow chunks. We, uh, <laughs> maybe, I know I think your equilibrium gets all messed up because I took the, the nice fast rides and this is great and fun. Then I took the bat and I hadn't taken the bat <gasps> since I was a kid. And on this last quarter turn, you crack your head against the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the thing. And it, I think I got mildly concussed because we get off the ride and my daughter's like, blah, 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 this is the best time ever. I'm like, yeah, yeah, cool. I don't remember any of this, but she goes, I'm going to take another ride. I'm like, I'll just sit here on the curb because I don't feel good. And I, she and she went and did another ride, and I forgot where she was. I forgot that she told me she disappeared. And so when you get kind of like, whoa, wait, hey, where's April? What's going How long on? Ago was that? That was last couple of weeks ago. Like it was. Oh that, Jesus! Yeah. <laughs> oh, she's man. twelve. I mean, she's, she's twelve. Even, she's okay. She's okay. She took a ride and she came back. She's like, hey, I'm back. I'm like, where were you? She goes, I told you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking moron. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. That's messed up. And I really, I didn't realize what had happened until I, until I later bit go, oh yeah, I think something happened there. I cracked my head against the, the bat's um, you, headrest. Did you go and get yourself checked at all? Or? No, no, I'm okay. Ah, you're okay. Yeah. yeah. It's water. Yeah. It's no water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the water takes care of it. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It just moves and hits yeah. the other side. That's what it makes you know, hey, slow down, idiot. Well, remember when you were younger and you used to do the head banging for fun? And yeah, yeah. your brain would slosh? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That was good times. We used to do a thing called the googly face where you take a picture of your, like... Yeah, yeah. And when you take the picture, it was the most amazing looking... <laughs> you looked like you were deformed. I love that. Yeah, yeah. That was with a Polaroid. 
Yes, that's yes, true. Because yes. you have instant gratification. Yes. Free phones. It was hard to do by yourself, though. Yeah. You had yeah. to have a friend. No, you look at you. Like, <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't realize we, yeah, we're very close in age. So we would have sort of all sort of came yeah. up in the same time and era and, and sort of met the same people along the way. And But it's weird because like we were just saying before, I don't think we really, really met until mid-90s or mid to late 90s. And I'm trying to figure out, I know where, where I remember first meeting you, okay. but I, I don't remember where we actually worked together. We probably worked like 100 shows together. Because you we were doing rock and roll in the 90s too, so you would have been doing it. What were you doing like in between we, after one uh, So from like 91-ish mm-hmm. to like 94, I did like a bunch of concert hall dates. Oh, so you would have like, worked with Dan Durbridgeson. Yeah, so Durbridge was working for CPI at the time. Yes. I was working for MCA Concerts. Yes. So I was the crew chief for MCA Concerts. Uh, what's his name? Bob um, uh, Mitchell, too, right? Was he CPI? No, Bob, no, Bob was CPI. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. It was uh, Paul Corcoran. Yeah. Don Simpson was the CEO. There's Rob Bennett at the time, who mm-hmm. was actually an independent uh, promoter. He's bringing John Hyde in next week, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was Paul Corcoran. Uh, who else was doing that? Howie Gold was doing merch and IT at the time, which was very new. <laughs> Fucking IT. It was a computer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Take you five minutes to get a picture. <laughs> and by the time it was downloaded, you're like, that's disappointing. So concert hall. So that would have been. That was great. Yeah. Yeah. I saw a few shows there and only, I didn't really work any shows there, but I saw um, Rage Against the Machine. That was a great show. House of Pain and this band called Wolf. So that show, yeah. do you recall the audience leaving after uh, Rage Against the Machine? Like most of them yeah, left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then House of Pain was like. Yeah, where's everybody? Well, People were jumping in from the audience. Too, yeah. So that was pretty bad. Yeah. Actually, that happened a lot there. And we got the best seats. I went there with my buddy Al, and he knew, we knew the guys from Wolf, the opening band. That was a great band. Yeah. It was a singer from Scream. It's Dave Girl's first band, or early band. Oh, right on. And actually, the guitar player in Wolf was joined the Foo Fighters later on. And Pete, the singer from Wool, was their production manager for Foo Fighters for many, many years. I oh, think no probably way. still is. That was a great band. I remember Amazing that. Amazing band. We played yeah. my band played with them at the at the Rivoli the year before. Oh no way. Yeah, yeah. The they, Rivoli. Yeah, and the bass player from Wool was the bass player from Concrete Blonde. So oh. it was this weird little super band. That's cool though. And they had a song called SOS. I remember that band. I, fucking great record, man. It's uh, I forget what it's an EP I, or something. I still remember that show. Yeah. Rage rocked it. Because they were at the Sony yeah. they were at the Sony convention, like the few nights before that yeah okay yeah yeah because well, i was got, working that with westbury yeah. i saw the singer from wool do this moment where he jumped up and landed on his knees mm. on the stage i'm like oh my god that, dude, and dude. we got these seats and you know in the back of the concert hall yeah this is that was the place to see a show and we got in early so we just picked our seats and we sat up there and waited for everybody to come in and you didn't someone, find it too warm eh it was a bit warm but we weren't really like moving around but we got the best because that is the best place to see I used to like, uh, I've n- actually, yeah, dead center balcony, mm-hmm. front row. Because the- you're right there. You're like maybe 50 feet away, 75 feet away. 50. Yeah. It's yeah. right there. And I remember people like running in, into the audience and falling feet first into the crowd. Like you fucking idiot. Oh, dude. I've, I saw a guy like land sideways as the crowd just like moved. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> like, oh, we're and, ready for that. And it, But he got up. He's like. 
And I'm like, dude, do you need an ambulance? He goes, no, I think I just need to throw up. He's oh shit-faced. God. So I just escorted him out the back and shut the door. I missed the Beastie Boys when they played there. Dude, it was the best show. Yeah, yeah. And, and then they uh, came back shortly after that to rehearse at the Palladium for three weeks. Oh, wow. Okay. And I got to rehearse with them for three weeks before they went on Lollapalooza. Oh, my God. It was great, dude. Yeah, Watch yeah. the Beastie Boys every day for three weeks? Yeah. That's oh epic. Sorry. No, no. It's an old guy dream. That's totally right. Yeah. It is, because... I keep I have a my my son is fifteen and is into hip hop, and I keep playing like Paul's Boutique because I go you got to hear this this is that's a great album this is hip hop and this is sort of a mix between whatever hip hop rock and roll and everything and it's a great record it's one of the first early sampled hip hop yes. records where it's actual samples and stuff and and and, and still I'm I'm working at it because he has stuff where the new rap is just like it's I think we're getting dumber as a society I uh... it's dumbing down. I like, uh, I'm stuck in the 80s, 90s, mm-hmm. like Public Enemy. Yeah. Like that kind of, but I don't, I'm not into any of the new stuff. No. Even Eminem, I don't. Eminem's pretty good. He's very talented, but yeah. I just, uh, I'm not sold. It's, it's complicated. Maybe that's why I'm not sold. <laughs> Maybe it's too complicated. Maybe you I did don't... a thing on Kimmel a couple of nights ago where it was like, uh, what did this thing on the Empire State Building? And it was sort of live, but I don't think it was. But they, they lit the Empire State Building with LED. And they that. did it and made it and they just gave it this life. And it was like, holy fuck look at this this is happening you know what i mean something that we'd never be able to do when we got into this the intelligence of this all thing i mean that's a we could talk all day about that because that's how shit is just taken off my my knowledge base for everything now is like way behind Mm -hmm. like especially when it comes to video yeah it's like holy shit and there's and i I wish that there was a school it just did a workshop yeah of Here's video for you guys. Yeah, yeah, video, you know. yeah. Well, that's uh, maybe that's something we could, work, you know, what I mean, as 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 people, because that's what's taking over lights. Videos are becoming the new lighting board. Oh yeah, and it, and it got like there was a time ten years ago when they had that catalyst machine, which is a, yes, and it was like the most exciting thing that came out. But then people like reverb in the '80s. People just overused it. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> like I can make it do this stuff, and I'm like, "That's cool." That's but cool, the guy with the spotlight it. could do it way better. You know what I mean? Like yeah. just trying to make stuff happen. That you're like, I think. And now it's obviously taste more tasteful. But there's still that moment where people rely way too much on images, moving images, to uh, not just they try to change. I mean, they try to change the integrity of the show with with the video. I. I wish that they would go back just a 10 years and just pick one background <laughs> and some lights so yeah. that you could concentrate on the artist, not concentrate on what's on the screen. Yeah. I've... And I understand that people are all about visual. Yeah. But like, did you ever see Henry Rollins live? Yeah. Like open white. Yeah. 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 Don't, yeah. Don't yeah. try to mess it up. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I saw this, this company came through called Red Sky. And they're a Toronto-based company that usually do dance, but they just did their first um, production for kids. It's a children's production. Oh, yeah. One-act thing. Um, their projections were not only very stunning, but very complimentary to not just what the lighting did. Like, whoever thought this out wasn't trying to verbal, um, trying to orally trying to fuck you up. Did you, got, do you know who the designer was for Don't that? Don't know, but it was, it was I when I looked at that, I'm like, that's the best way to do it. Yeah. You're showing an image of a field, but don't fucking try to take the eye away from what's happening on stage. Yeah. I'm cool with that. Yeah. I'm completely cool with that. Yeah. But when you've got like this constant movement back and the double, the double video feedback, <laughs> <laughs> people are still not getting that. 
Move it up a bit, Bubba. Yeah. Move it up just a touch. Well, we just got a new projector. It's getting installed tonight, actually, in my venue, where it's going to be 40 foot by 40 foot by 25 feet of projection to the back psych, so to the psych. What, did you get a barcode or did you get we a... We got a barcode, the laser, phosphorus. <gasps> that... It's not a 4K, it's 2K. But that's a newer technology, right? It is newer, yeah. yeah I've and been hearing about this. disposable projectors. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> oh, dear. I ruined the podcast. <laughs> I did that um, on purpose. No, the, um, they are laser phosphorus. And what I found out is that they're disposable. They last for 10 years, but you throw them away because there's no way to change the, the, the light, whatever presents the light. How much did that set you back? Well, about 35 grand. It's cheaper than it used to cheaper. be. cheaper. Yeah. If we would have gotten the uh, the 4K, which we don't have video cards to do anyways, it would be like another 30-something. It would be 60000 for a... Jesus. But with the computers we have don't do 4K video. So it's sort of like buying a Lamborghini to go to the grocery store. It's what, like, what's your percentage of uh, pro shows compared to uh, community shows or rentals? Say about 20%. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We do we do our own presents, so we'll have our own we'll have our own shows that come in. We do about fifteen, sixteen of them. Nice. But we do three hundred and sixty events a year. That's good. So yeah, it's a very, very, very busy venue. Yeah, it's yeah. good. Keep yeah. people employed. It is, and I think there's a there's a transition coming, I think, but I don't know what it's gonna be. But I feel we're getting at the part where the building is starting to break faster. Oh shit. So we're at that part where it's like, uh, maybe we should start changing some budgets around. Yes. Just to make sure we have a if we have this $35,000 projector turning it on, we should probably charge it back to the client. Yeah. That's... Because we can. Because it's new. But there's a lot of old clients that have us, well, last year we did it this way. I'm like, well, last year I wasn't, dude, I wasn't here. You know, so I don't, I have no context of what last year was. Well, I look like Kreskin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what fucking mind reader here? Yeah, wait, let me just look back. 359, 358, 300. Okay, let me get back. What show were you? Oh, yeah, you were 328 days ago. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Just, come, other, just come plug it in. My other one was, uh, I don't remember your show, but I only remember the bad shows. That's my line. And it's funny, I really remember your show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, you were the guys that were assholes. I had, there was one, I got to tell you one story. This one lady last year had a show on Remembrance Day. In Young Street, we're on Young Street, and there's a fucking parade. Remember, state, you know, for those guys that went and fought yeah. in World War One. Well, she sent me an email going, "I got to tell you, uh, I got to complain because there was a parade, and, <laughs> and uh, it really made the show start late. And uh, you know, I'm really upset by this. And I'm like, Please. start my email going. There's this thing called World War One. People <laughs> fought in the war, and there's probably about maybe twenty, maybe fifty people left in the world that fought this war yeah. and had mustard gas, but. Okay, backspace, backspace. <laughs> and then all like, these- it would have been funny if you put have sent down like a Wikipedia link for mustard gas. <laughs> yeah. yeah. These poor bastards sat in a fucking hole yeah. and fought people with fucking pellets. Yeah. And they 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 would dig under the ground and put dynamite and just blow it up. And then sometimes it'd be in the same trench. You know, so I'd start these like email trails like and then all I could end it was well, lest we forget. Was like, well, that's all I could say. Because I'm like, I'm an adult now. I can't be a fucking, I can't, I can't push this. I, you can. You can. But you just got to do it away without calling somebody a fuckface. I couldn't believe yeah, it. It's I like, can't believe the audacity. But what is, but she's just sucking her own shit. Oh, yeah. Like, and you that's You can't how, change that. No, not, not without a taser. <laughs> There's certain people <laughs> in our profession that you have to just suck it up and go, 
you have no idea how to do a show. You've been doing shows for 15 years. Yeah. But you still don't know that eight o'clock is the downbeat time. You don't realize that part. You know, so for me, it's a lot of it's like, <gasps> Deep breath, breathe deep yeah deep breath okay so now the big one i mean believe it or not the big one when i came in a year ago was talking about dinner breaks well we don't take dinner breaks well, yeah you do because it's the law so they were just just work just work straight through. and then the crew would get like their meal penalty which they'd add basically what, the time hour? at the end of it half hour and then no they would then their coffee break so it would end up being an hour on the end of the shift of course then it looked like they're signing out at two in the morning kind of you know what i mean like so then everybody started like making a waves because I was part of it. It's like, what the fuck? Why are we not taking dinner breaks? Fuck that. Yeah. And then so it's been a mentality of uh, of change, especially with certain dance groups, companies where you're like, um, you got to When I say there's a break between this time and that, that means nothing's happening. Yeah. You dark baby. Yeah. It's called dark stage for a reason, you know. And so that was the big one. And a lot of people were like, that's not cool. We don't appreciate that. And then my boss was like stood behind, sent an email out and said, this is happening because he had no idea. Oh, it! I I just find that sometimes I just send the like employment standards act to the client. Yeah, and say please read this. This is the law. Yeah, here's where it pertains to work hours. Yeah, so it's kind of like a passive aggressive end of discussion. Yeah, uh, you're gonna wear steel toes yeah. while we're working, and you're yeah. gonna wear a hat. Yeah, if you don't like it because your hair, I'm sorry. Yeah, maybe you should have. You know. Yeah, and it's a tough thing to uh, to push on somebody who thinks they've had it. They, and I keep saying, and I can't say that they're, we've been breaking the law for the past 10 years. No. I have to say, well, it just goes against what the union and um, labor law states. Because they said, we didn't do it last year. So, well, last year, we were, all I can say is we were doing it wrong. Hey, we, we fixed the mistake, and this yeah. is how we learned. Doing it wrong, and now we're doing it right. Yeah. I'm sorry you have a problem with that, but it's an extra hour to your 14-hour day that you're going to have to figure out how to shoehorn your time in. Because God knows you're trying to get... 15 hours of music into a 14 hour day. I, everybody knows that. I like, I like the technicians mm -hmm. and the stagehands who are on gigs that just at five hours go kunk. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we'll be back. River run. Oh, is that the river? Run? <laughs> Perfect. I love yeah, that. Shit. Good. Yeah, absolutely. They need yeah. to learn a lesson. And I mean, you know what the, the, and the other thing too, is like being present on the call when people are trying to make up, because it's amazing how many people lie to you. Oh, you mean client-wise? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude said I could do this. Yeah. Simon yeah. said it was okay that we could work for 12 hours without a break. Yeah. Simon, uh, I don't know who the Simon is. <laughs> uh, I wish you the best of luck with that because I don't want to know who it is. That's the best way to cover it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah Simon doesn't say that because Simon follows the rules. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing, too, is the constant feedback from the crew is that they know this is the thing that I'm trying to build is that, listen, we want to all get this gig done and and I understand if it's a five hour and 15 minutes, that's your discretion. You can call it at five hours, but if you want to get out of here, that's your call too. But I, there's an agreement and understanding push and pull. If you live by the letter of the law yeah. in this industry, nobody's happy. Yeah. You know what I mean? So there's a certain element of you. I'm leaving it on you because that, you know, I have to leave. I can't be here a hundred hours. We do 14 shows last week. Yeah. I can't be here for every show, but Who's uh, covering the show uh, calls for you? Uh, it's just the technicians? True. Yeah. They're yeah. out there, dicks in the wind. That's... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I visualized yeah. that. Yeah. And I, uh, <laughs> I was like, why are these guys dressed in black? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're dicks in the wind. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> somebody got a fan out here. <laughs> uh, actually, Brampton runs the same way. Yeah. And I believe Milton does also. It's a town-run thing, an yeah. epic, right? Where 
I'm trying to get a second TD, and it's been a fight. And since I started there, I was going to be the second TD. But as fate had it, I'm now the TD, and we have to find somebody. But that started the conversation all over again. Yeah. So for us to find somebody to be there and to have coverage, especially from the administrative side, for that 14-hour stretch or 12 hours or 15 hours of time, there needs to be cover. There needs to, we were talking about this before. It's like there needs to be a coverage of a presence of someone who can just tell that client, that's not what we agreed upon. Yeah. That's not what's happening. It's, uh, I find running into that these days is a little bit more. My patience runs a bit more thin. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you, and, but sometimes I just have to remember these people don't do this every day. Yeah. We were yeah. talking about this yeah. a couple of days ago, like a week ago. Or yeah, so, and yeah. And so I just have to have that patience where I need to figure out a way of explaining it to them so they can understand. And if you explain it the right way, the next year they come back, they're going to be trained. And that's, and I, I tell them a lot, like, this is how we learn. Yeah. Let's just, let's, let's just move past this. Yeah. Yeah. Cause these guys are scared shitless. Mm-hmm. They're standing there in a venue. There's a bunch of people staring at them and technicians are kind of surly. Of course. But they um, have a certain way of doing it. They like to do it once. Right. The first yeah. Time. They don't want to be there all fucking day doing it three times. Of course. It's uh, and I understand and that. There, I have an empathy for that too, because when someone says move it four feet to the left, it'll happen like. 10% of the year yeah. and you do that, then you're wasting 10% of your life doing something because somebody couldn't figure it out. Well, <laughs> there's other people who I just say, let's just move it and take their money. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck it. Yeah. There's no use in fighting with them. Of course. You know, and there's certain, cli- certain clients we have that you're like, yeah, that's just going to be the way you're going to be. I'm going to sit there and I keep telling everybody, even if I have 99% of the information, I don't have all of it. No, there's it's impossible. Be, there's going to be yeah. a small crack in the, in the, you know, there's going to be out of chair here, out of chair there. But the small changes are much easier to compensate for when you have the ability to compensate. Yes. Which is what we didn't have. So trying to, so a big, a little tiny problem would turn into a huge problem really fast. Because Really? That's yeah, unfortunate. Yeah, because it was like the coping skills of the, the there was no like contingency plans ever set. So when someone said, we're going to have our first show at 7.15, and then we're going to end the show at 7.45, and then our second show is going to start at uh, 7.46. I said, well, how many people come to show? Oh, we got 100. Okay, so you think you get 100 people in and out, so 200 people. Think about the parking lot when you're trying to do, you know, so there's like no contingency plan. So I would then suggest to everybody, and this, this is a model for everything, just use time. Time is going to allow you to to create the the wiggle room that is all needed. Yeah. And someone said my show's gonna be at eight oh two. No it's not. No it's not because I counted all the minutes of your songs. It's gonna end at eight ten. And that's a big difference. <laughs> big difference. You know what I mean? And that's what you can do too. And we can learn from this. <laughs> okay, I'm not gonna say any venues because mm-hmm. it happens everywhere. Oh yeah. But I love sitting uh side stage when it's like twenty minutes past their time was gonna end. And watching technicians lose their shit in the dark. <laughs> yeah. When they've done the math. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> and I, I understand because it's boredom. Yeah, yeah. It's like doing a talking head show that goes over 40 minutes is a bummer. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, if you're a guy like me, you just make fun. Mm. And you just give people a hard time and you do jokes until you're done. <laughs> then it's done. Oh, man. We don't. Yeah. I see. It's, 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 it's. The morale is a big thing. Like, if you have it and it's high, any type of shit they throw at us, it's like, that's nothing. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> We're good. And, 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 you know, and if you say the other one, it's a, is a, is a constant message of the same. 
So when you say as as the boss upstairs says one thing, it flows down in a nice manner where it gets disseminated to everybody, and the message is always the same. So if someone went out of the way and went rogue, I think we can do that. Just wait a second. They're going against the grain. So everybody needs to have that same yeah same message direction, and you know that's a tough one. I I just try to tell people let's be as accommodating as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then if we have to spend money, we have to go to somebody else. Yeah. Uh, basically is the way it, I try to explain it to these guys. Yeah. 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 It's like, and does it really matter if we're adding another mic? Yeah. I was with a really good crew, uh, at the LAC about three weeks ago for a, um, it was a South Asian show, mm-hmm. but the, from what we were told was coming in to what actually showed up on stage yeah. was like completely Amazing. different, but all the guys are like, yeah, okay. Yep. No problem. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Ha ha ha. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden we're doing a show. Yeah. 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 We went a little behind on, on sound check, but yeah, it wasn't the same show that you told us in the first place. Yes. And that happens a lot with shows like that because someone's flying over on a plane and go, we do it all the time with uh, Persian shows where they, I get the plot and then the, this guy's over here, that guy's over there. And then all of a sudden <laughs> the guy's like, ah, I'm over here. Like who told you that? Well, I want to be here. Well, you can't use just We've had meetings about yes. that. And, and you have to move that mic, that monitor, that chair and that music stand. You know how long that takes? Well, yep. I can tell you. Yep. It's so, take- you know, so when you move here, then we got to fill that space <laughs> in here. So that's nine people that all got to move because you got you want to sit over here? Well, that's where I sit. Well, who told? Did you tell the people that? No. Then you're sitting here. <laughs> and that's a conversation I have every single time that situation arises. There's no, like you put that stage plot, it looks beautiful. It's got like, it's all to scale and there's measurements, but... Sometimes you say, I'm going to start with an empty stage. With my arms crossed, everybody's going to be sitting there in the crew. What do you want? We need the piano. Okay, then go get the piano. Brr, brr, piano comes on. What yeah. else do you need? Oh, we need some chairs. How many chairs? We need 12 chairs. Okay, go down. Get one chair at a time. Prove the point that there is time spent on this. And when we spend an hour of setting up your show and you come in and move it all, you're fucking the whole plan up. And you need to get the shit together. There's a line that really bothers them. It's like, why weren't you here for the end? <laughs> yeah. and, and if they get angry, yeah. I'm like, you're angry because I'm right. Yeah. But let's move your shit because we don't have a choice. Yes. Let's go. We had one group that lived that, that were right across the street from us. And they, <laughs> they're right across the street and they can't show up. And their show is a fucking shit show. It has been three times in a row. And, uh, and we, so the last time we realized the problem, the problem was, is that the orchestra they just didn't want to sit where they wanted to sit. They just want to sit wherever they wanted to sit. But they rehearsed the night before. So my big, amazing $1,000 idea was to put an 11 by 17 piece of page on their wall with their names on the seats and say, that's the setup. And then the night before, when they all get through their dress rehearsal across the street, oh, I'm sitting there. And when they come in, it's set up. These are always a constant, like, we don't know what to do. They came in sometimes when the crew loads in at 2, they're like waiting by the back door. We're ready to rehearse. Well, didn't anybody tell you that it takes time to set this shit up? No, Fuck. This told- happens everywhere. 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 And they're like... So if you're sitting in a venue right now thinking that your gig sucks, it sucks everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. And that's our hell. And the thing is, too, is, is when you spend hours and hours in phone conversations and emails and... And, and okay, this is it, right? Send it back to them. This is it. Yes, it's, it's the way it is. And as soon as come, somebody comes in and says, I'm over here, you just fucking triggered. Like, oh my God, I can't believe this. <laughs> the, the last few gigs I've done like that, yeah. we, I've actually requested set up the band and then we'll cable. Then we'll prep. Yeah. Because it's just, 
you want to go and stop twice and then people get upset. Oh yeah. And then the artist gets upset because you're upset. Yeah. And it's hard sometimes to put on a thick skin and go, fuck, I'm moving this again. Yeah. Dude, what's wrong with you? Yeah. Like, (laughs) yeah, really? Really? Yeah. Yeah. We've had like, there's been several conversations where you say, Hey, um, I, I, I know, I know how this, somebody wants to do a slideshow in our lobby. There's all these windows in our lobby where natural light comes in. So they came in with a projector and they're trying to aim it at stuff. And I'm like, they're trying to aim it at a brown wall. Yeah. You, know, you just sit there and you shake your head and go, I think we had this conversation where you'd have to bring in a screen and you'd probably want to bring in a nice bright projector. They don't get it. No. And then you sit there and you go, okay, so why am I even really? <laughs> but you ever go to like a mechanic and they start, or a computer dude, mm-hmm. and they start sprouting stuff off to you. And then you're just like, Doo. yeah, yeah. Yeah. That, I think the same, same thing, thing happens in our industry. Same thing. So some guy's like, I could just get that little laptop projector from the closet. No, you can't. <laughs> yeah. You know, it'll work fine. Yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden it's like, oh shit. Yeah. That yeah. guy was right. I have funny, <laughs> I had to laugh with my wife this morning because I say, because she was saying, because my daughter broke her phone, left it outside, got rain on it, <gasps> put it in the rice. I said, if it hadn't started up three days and being in the rice, it's not going to start up. And she goes, well, we'll try it in a couple more days. I said, you're kind of acting like clients I have that say, it's just, you know what I mean? Well, I want to fit 400 people in a capacity, 150 ple- uh, space uh, venue. Can we do that? I'm like, no, we only have 150 space. So 400? No. So she goes, so she's like, so what? We're going to put 400 people in this room? 150! <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, fuck off! <laughs> I'm like, no! So she's fuck. fully keying into the fact, like, that's my life, is people try to get something oh. more than what they expect. And you just say, it's- this is what you can, you can, you can't do it. It's just physically impossible. Sometimes my energy's not there at all. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? You're not getting anything from me because you keep fucking pushing it. <laughs> what are you, five? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. What, what that are you, testing the batteries? Yeah. What's Like, what is this? Yeah. Yeah. Pushing the envelope. Well, let's just give it a try. Well, I can tell you uh, a home little tiny projector shooting on a brown wall. It's not going to show that black image. No. It's just not going to work. Well, let's just give it a try. Go ahead. Okay. All no, right. I, no. So at this point, I'm like, get, go ahead. Yeah. And they did. Yeah. And it I'm didn't like, work. What I look like? And then you shine it on the roof and you can to, to aim it. I'm like, hey, it's brighter on the roof because the roof's white. Okay, well, what if we, you know, and now and then it turned into this whole other rigmarole where you're like, okay, this is, I have no time. I got to go. <laughs> Apologies, I have to leave. I have to leave. I have five phone calls to make. I have five phone calls to make and two to my wife to complain about you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. So uh, the Living Arts Center has, has always been a place. Like, I've worked there. It's fun. It's been a great place yeah. always for me to, to work at. Like, 90, uh, 97 is the first gig I took there. It's a lovely venue. Beautiful. 97. It's first open. It was open for, like, maybe six months when I first That's Actually, yeah, I just quit drinking February 23rd, 97. Yeah. And I quit the road shortly after that. The last, uh, last tour I did was Prince. Yeah. Oh, wow. What were and- you doing with that? Uh, lighting tech, like L2. Really? Dude, it was, oh. it was insane. Like really? 6 a.m. load-ins. Yeah. Show would end at like midnight, 2 a.m. Yeah. There's so many people I know have worked for Prince. John a lot Hollywell? of people have been fired from yeah. Prince, yeah. Hollywell? <laughs> Hollywell's great. He didn't get fired, though. No, he's he one of the keepers. Yeah, he went with Leonard Cohen after. I don't blame him. Yeah. It was a bit weird. Yeah. Like, I got fired three times on that tour. But, for what? Uh, the first time, what did I do? The Oh, the first time I ran into him off stage after fixing a fogger when the show was starting. Mm-hmm. So I literally like bands playing intro. Fogger's not working. Get on stage. Okay, cool. I go on stage. Power's on. Nothing's going on. I fucking hammer it. 
start smoking. I immediately, from a crouched position, turned around and got him right in the numbers, like right in the chest. Oh, grabbed him, accidentally said, sorry, little buddy, <laughs> and let him go. And he fucking did this like shock face and ran around me and started the show. Yeah. So I stepped forward and I'm like, here's something behind me. These two security guys that are on either side of them are on the floor laughing their fucking heads <laughs> off. And I'm like, well, I guess I'm not in trouble. Yeah. And then after the show, like we're just starting to load uh, trucks. Paul, come here. Here's a ball cap and a sweatshirt. You're fired. Oh, wow. But just wear this tomorrow. Keep your head down. <laughs> <laughs> so then I got fired uh, shortly after that again. Did he know it was the same person? Uh, No. Never. That's so funny. No, they give you a new t-shirt, sweatshirt every time. Right, right. It was hilarious. Like, yeah, three times. Oh, because I one time, uh, the production manager, I was on stage at an arena. We're loading in. I said, hey, what time's uh show up? Because he had the symbol. So yeah, I started yeah. to do this. And they laughed their heads off. Yeah, yeah. So they were retelling the story later on about, hey, look at the white boy did this. Yeah. Purple guy was standing in the hallway, heard the whole thing. Oh, I got fired for that. That was good. <laughs> And the last time was, I got saw on video. I got seen on video during uh, archival oh, recording. Oh, so you were like in the, you ruined the magic. I did. I, I actually walked like on stage in shorts. Yeah. Like at the start of the show with a coffee in my hand. <laughs> and you saw him. I actually looked like I picked my nose for a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I, it looked like I shrugged and then left. <laughs> and they showed me the video. We watched it several times on the bus afterwards because yeah. it was fucking hilarious. <laughs> it was like, just like, looked like I didn't care. And that was the last time. Yeah, and then Chicago, I uh, was just like, I'm done. Yeah. What just years start- was that? That was 97. Wow. And I, I remember standing in Chicago, I heard a really racist comment from the audio crew, like the local audio crew. Mm-hmm. I was like, fuck this. I'm done with this. Yeah. And I called uh, Westside. I was working for Westside. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> called Russ. He said, dude, I'm, uh, I need to talk to you. I'm done. Yeah. He's like, can you finish three weeks? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, but then I'm done on the road. Yeah. And then, yeah, I didn't do any real touring after that except for corporate. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I didn't get into touring until, like, the early 2000s. Like, I was touring, but, I mean, well, yeah, actually, I was touring from the 90s through, but, I mean, real bus touring, like, rock and roll bus touring. I did van tours for, like, 10 years before that. I See, I never had the opportunity to do a van tour. It's always been, uh, like, bus and trucks. Every time I worked for a band, um, (laughs) I would do a van tour, and then we did a couple of Treble Charger bus tours, which was great, but I started working for Sum 41, and we were in a van for like two years, a year and a half, and then I quit. And then they were, the next tour was in a bus. Oh, bastards! <laughs> you know what? They probably just did that in spite. I think they did. <laughs> I think they did, Paul. I think selling fifty thousand records a week too might have Those helped their uh, bottom line a little bit. Bastards. <laughs> yeah. And so, so did you? So you did all bus tours and all like rock and roll uh, uh, that, yeah, with like, West Sun, uh, with West Sun and uh, figure skating touring. Stoico was. Uh, Stoico uh, was shortly after I finished figure skating touring. Okay. So I did figure skating touring from 93 to 95 or 6. Yeah, okay. And it was good times. Yeah? Yeah. Because you get the ice and obviously you're they, in the big they, arenas and things like that. They, uh, you're in all NHL arenas. Yeah. Uh, the You were staying at the same hotels as the Olympians. Right. So it was all five star. There was no questions of anything that you wanted in your bunk, wink, wink. Mm-hmm. It was like a, an insane time. Yeah. Yeah, it was, but. For an alcoholic of my type, it was perfect. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So you you quit drinking. You're done. I haven't had a drink in 20, close to 21 years. Wow. Yeah. I did two months. I feel pretty proud of myself. Hey, good job. <laughs> That's sober October and September. I did sober. I just did sober September and then I realized, 
Wait, it's sober October. Oh shit! Shit, you got it wrong. Now you got to go another month sober. Yeah, but I am doing these non-alcoholic <laughs> beers, man, and they are. Are they tasty? They're great. Like, I think yeah. they've really advanced the technology of fake beer. You really have. I was always a uh, a hard liquor drinker. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, like beer for me was a chaser. Yeah, okay. So yeah. if I was drinking like Cuervo, I would drink. Uh, cool you down. Corona. Yeah. So it'd be like two shots, Corona. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, obviously, you you changed it for life, or you changed lifestyle, or was it, did you come to that point? No, where it was man, like, fuck I, it, I'm done. I uh, couldn't stop on my own. I was like mm. a mess. Like I was drinking a lot. Yeah. And uh, I actually didn't, I was actually dry for about a month. Mm-hmm. Did a gig in Vail, Colorado. There was a shit show. Flew back to uh, Canada, got off a plane and started drinking. Really? And was like, went for a month straight. And like, I missed a plane to go down to the States for another figure skating show. Yeah. I tripped, like my phone was off the hook for a month. Really? Yeah. So I went and got some help uh, through a 12-step program. Yeah. Uh, and 30 days later, I was back at the shop going, sorry about that. <laughs> so I didn't even call ahead. And I'm sure they would have accepted the fact because it's like, yeah, there's something going on with Paul. As soon as I walked in, he looked at me and goes, you look great. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, well, I haven't had a drink in over a month. Yeah. And he's like, well, I'm mad at you. You got to start from the bottom. I'm like, cool. Oh, wow. And then I went and swept. And then four hours later, I had a plane ticket in my hand, like envelope of cash saying, you're going to Pittsburgh. Amazing. And everyone was mad. Yeah. But you I, I worked. I was a hard worker. Yeah. Oh, I know. I was. Yeah. Listen, there was a time, I think, just remind me of the story. We were at the LEC, and I don't think you'd worked here in a long time. We were doing contact and uh, in the RBC theater. And there was like, you were the stage guy moving the piano around, not a care in the world. And I'm like, Paul, this is, seems like kind of below what you've been. But you're like, I am not too proud to put a piano, move it on stage. And I do don't it. care. And for that, I was like, oh, there's a lot of respect from this side because it does tell you as a person, like, it tells me as a person that you're not willing to let just sort of sit there with your arms crossed and let other people fucking take the, take no, the reins. I, I can't do that. Uh, I'm actually like an old school supervisor where I get my hands dirty. No, yeah. there's 20 or 30 guys. Yeah. I'll find something to do. And somebody might say, okay, we got this, but you make the eh. effort and people are like, yeah, yeah, I'm in the same. I, I try I see, for me to get the show up and running and then doors happen. And then the show goes, we get into the first intermission. I'm usually at the door. Yeah. So I can't really be there because I've usually been there. For, I can only do 40 hours a week. I can't work any more than 40 hours a week. And these, uh, and God bless the cities. Yeah. They're expecting you to do a management deal of, yeah, we pay you for 40, but you're going to do 65 days. Yeah. And I, no, I got a pretty good and that's idea. That's not healthy. It's pretty good. I'm pretty good at now, like changing careers from working at York to Richmond Hill. I've sort of figured out there's a time when I'm out home i'm not thinking about work and that feels great i love it it feels great like because i've never had that before i gotta tell you i've had this really good gig for about three years now mm-hmm. uh, i signed an nda so i can't tell you the particulars about it it's a leadership program for rogers communications yeah and i gotta tell you the way that these people are changing the way of using empathy and stuff to to help their employees is incredible yeah and the care for employees but i gotta tell you the people i work with are the best yeah they're the nicest people and they're all corporate yeah my wife works in Rogers. She's How's been she there doing? for almost 20 years now. Oh, what's she do? She works in planning and impl- implementation. She's a project manager. Oh, right. She yeah. must like it. Does she like she the people? Man. She loves the people. She loves... She's had the same... Uh, she's had the same manager for 10 years. I believe that. Yeah. And, uh, and I think we actually had... I think we had a speak, talked about yeah. maybe a little while ago. But... Um, She's keep, they keep trying to like give her promotions and do things like you can move around in this business and however many people have an upset thing about that corporate standard is like, they do stuff that's like, 
I don't know, new age, man. Like, it's crazy. They got rid of all the offices. Yeah, it's a shared space. Yeah. It's really cool. And yeah. apparently it brought up uh, like everything just came up in productivity after that. Yeah. People were communicating less by email and just walking across the room going, dude. Yeah. She was just working to, like for us, for our lifestyle, we have a 15 year old and a 12 year old. Um, when she was, when she had, she had maternity leave, she had her kids through others. There's some people that she's known there for a long, oh, yeah, she man. started in 97. She started in customer service. And got moved up and moved around. And then next thing she's like, um, she's going to be a manager. Good. It's going to happen. Like she's just finding the right spot. And there's like an, an agenda for her. They, they they will help her move up as much as she wants to move up. Yeah. And she's yeah. afraid because they usually do, when they do layoffs, usually managers. Yeah. There's a, uh, they kind of. They trim a lot of fat in that upper and middle management stuff. Yeah. The higher stuff too. Yeah. Yeah. Her, 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 uh, her, um, what are I guess? What do they call them? The um, what do they call those guys? The big guys, not oh the CEOs or the not, the no, board. No, they have like their the just before the um the, uh, vice. the, the ELT. Yeah, uh, I forget the name. Yeah, the, the the dudes. He got he left. He's gone. And Which one? Uh, I forget his name. I I'm not gonna say his name even I know. It. But he left very unceremoniously. Like said, and they just they thought he got taken away in handcuffs, kind of thing. Like you're gone. And he was this fucking asshole. He was like. We got to, because he, he was, had a wireless and he yeah. was just this tyrant. So, uh, I had some younger people from our industry, uh, vent with me a bit about people our age. Mm -hmm. And they said the best way to describe us is, and they're mostly right, mm -hmm. is that we're angry white men, child, angry, uh, childlike men. <laughs> and they're right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I get it. I get it because the part where I have a my like when I deal with clients and they are pushing the envelope and rocking over the line, I have my limit stop. My limit stop is like, okay, I can't deal with this anymore because you are not listening. You're not listening. You're not listening. We're done. And then the crew look at me like, why? Why, why are you being like this? I'm like, because they have crossed the line. Yes, they, but these kids are a lot better with the line than we are. Oh, yeah. 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 They, they are way better at it. Yeah, so there's certain times. That's what I'm saying. There's another thing I learned from them is look at their line. Yeah. It's like, yeah, whatever you need. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's awesome. Having yeah. that kind of. We need more of that, and i got to learn from that, too. I mean, it kind of goes back to what we're talking about, how the young can teach the old, Dude. and you have to be on both sides of it, because if you're not, you're just going to let them, you're just going to have a disconnect, and who wants that? I was at uh, Humber uh doing tool check last week and the young guys these days are smiley as hell i don't get it like, yeah. they're just so happy but i can relate to that from when i came in i was a really happy kid yeah well there was a there was a there was a time the guys who, who are mentors that i felt were cranky angry hip sack wearing yeah. ponytailed assholes those, those guys are gone they're gone yeah and and we as we came in as sort of a nicer uh a nice guy sort of thing. When I walk into a venue touring with SNFU, I was 24, 23. Yeah. And I was like, hey, how, how are you? My name's Simon. And then you could tell within the first three minutes what type of night that, that was going to be. Because yeah. the guy would be like, who the fuck are you? Or, hey, how are you? And they'd yeah. go, oh, this is how this is how it's going to go. Yeah. So I'd walk into a venue and they'd be like, really nice to me and or fucking assholes. And that's how you could gauge. So with the whole thing now is like the killing with kindness as that age, it was like, Thank you. Thank you for doing all these things. And you eventually get them turned yeah. around where you're not out to. Yeah. You don't want to, you don't want to fuck their wives. You I just want to get the gig done and go home. When I was doing figure skating touring and touring through the States, 
at that time, I was being sued by Local 58, IATSE, uh, for anti-union animus. They were trying to charge me with trying to destroy Local 58. <laughs> it was uh, Jimmy Fuller and Bill Hamilton. <laughs> wow. So while I was, every I venue I went into, oh, you're fucking Persona non grata. Yeah. And so <laughs> I'd be like, why don't you judge for yourself? Let's start work. Yeah. And if I'm an asshole, you guys can give me a hard time all day. Yeah. And then by the time we were the first hour and they're like, yeah, don't worry. We're all right. You're okay. Yeah. You're okay, buddy. I went to mix a show at the Air Canada Center and I accidentally wore my NASCAR shirt. And I realized I went, <laughs> oh shit. And I put a piece of black gaff over it because I was like, why are they fucking me? Why are they giving you the stink eye? Why are they fucking looking at me? Oh, okay. So I put the tape yeah. over ceremoniously go, oh, I'm sorry, guys, but I didn't realize. I didn't realize. <laughs> it happens. It That's happened. why I don't wear logos at all anymore because of that. Yeah. Like you're working for so many different people. Yeah. Yeah. I just, so yeah. So did you end up getting into 58 or is that a. No, that, uh, that was never an option for me. Never me either, really. Yeah. You know I didn't want to, though. Me neither, really. I, I, like when I was working at Kingswood, yeah. they would be picketing all the time. I brought out uh, just some coffee and donuts as a peace token. Yeah. And I was told to go fuck myself. You uh, fucking rap bastard or scab bastard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I'm never going to join your fucking local. I've lost all interest. (laughs) Fuck you. And walked away. And then at that point, I was like, I'm not working with those douchebags. Yeah, I think I was sort of either, I had this sort of look, a view at it, but then I can, it was last year. Last year, I went to the Queen of, Queen Elizabeth? The Princess, uh, uh, Queen Elizabeth? No, not the Queen Elizabeth, the place uh, of Mervish Theater. Uh, uh, Princess of Wales. Yes. And um, all the union folks there, and all my job was to make sure that 3PA company's gear would all fit together. That was my only gig, because they had forgotten that Lady Gaga was playing one song, and <laughs> nobody got the consoles, and nobody got... So the week before, PRG was sort of put peacemaking three or four different oh, PA companies fuck. to put on the stage for what would, should have been a set, but turned into one song. Um, and my job is to make sure all the components fit together. So I had all these guys, and I'm like watching these like union folk work. I'm like, this looks pretty fun. Like I met the head of props there. It was like the head carp. He's like the yeah. real full-time guy there. And they're, everybody's really nice. And I understood the boundaries of like where I fit in. And it's then, way better when they explain it off the top. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So when I go in and I'm like, hi, I'm this. My only job here is to make sure that everything, I'm not here to operate. I'm just here to make sure to facilitate. You guys this are cool. Shit, everything fits together and make sure everything works. And I'm going to make more phone calls than I'm going to patch cables. I'll tell you that for sure. Yeah. Because there's going to be shit missing, you know. And it was interesting, like the dynamic they had, because they're all about my age and they've been doing theater and they all worked on all those productions that had happened on that Mervish Row and all that good stuff. And it's like, these people are awesome people, you know, and they're very comfortable in their position of what they do. Yes. And if they... And what, another thing I do like about the IA is that the, if there's a problem, you're the first to know. There's no, they're not going to go around and. Oh, their steward was like know. telling the people, the TIFF people, like, this is going to cost you. You are going to have to pay for this. This is going to be double time because what happened is uh, uh, something got held at the border. Oh, shit. So I hate they that. couldn't get that in. So it was like, well, and then they didn't do a sound check. So they were still missing items. So I was there for 25 hours. Yeah. So by the time all that stuff got put together and it came down to piano mics, we didn't have piano mics. Oh my God. So no. I had to find piano mics. I dropped one off and it wasn't the one they wanted. And, I, and the guy's texting me like, this is fucking bullshit. This is a Lady Gaga concert. And I go, actually, it's Lady Gaga playing at TIFF. So you're going to have to calm down guy. a little bit, yeah. buddy. 
you know, so no compromises. I'm like, well, it turns out they just used the MIDI, the MIDI part of the, uh, anyways, it was like power move. Like, yeah. So this is what I have to ask. Mm-hmm. No, it's more of a comment. Mm-hmm. We're not curing cancer. We're not mm-hmm. launching fucking rockets or working in the ER. That's what I say all the time. What, it, uh, what isn't this guy just check his ego and come along and play? Exactly. I'm guilty of not being that way. I'm guilty of being that angry asshole on stage yelling at people. Mm-hmm. But there's been people that were, you know, liked me enough to pull me aside and say, yeah, that's not going to work out for you in the, <laughs> in the to, to have a long industry, yeah. like a long career. Totally. So totally. stop yelling. Yeah, and I was always eyes open when someone said... I don't think I've ever heard you yell. No, I've never really yelled. Yeah. No, no, I've always been like, when everybody, uh, as, as, as a teen, as a 20-year-old to my 30s and 40s, is always like, okay, I got to figure out and assess where I fit in all of this. Because if, I'm not going to be that person that's going to be like, you know, I'll be the most cynical, condescending <laughs> prick out there. But it's hilarious. But yeah. it has a place. Yes. You know, and for me to make jokes, because it's like, I say, the, it's funny you say that, because I say the exact same thing to everybody. It's like, we're doing, we're putting a silly little show on a silly little stage for people to un- have fun. Yeah. We should take that and use that as the pushing off point. To have fun. Yeah. To have fun. We're here to have fun. My God, I can't believe I get paid to tape a piece of thing on the ground or i can't believe like we have a bunch of little part-time guys coming in and they're still trying to instill that this is a you're you're doing a kid show at a tra- uh you know but you got to understand that this is it this is as good as it gets this pal it, buddy you know what i mean <laughs> and uh, being a 20 year old working in a theater this is awesome you should take that and push that off and say this is the best thing i could do and my boss says things and it sounds funny when he says it but people should go home and feel that they've just done the most, had the most fun and not be able to sleep at night because they're jazzed about what happened. And to an extent, that happens sometimes. 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 He doesn't understand dance oh, season. Oh, dance season. Everybody yeah. just shakes their head with dance season. But for me, as a TD, dance season's awesome. Why? Because I don't have to advance 40 shows this week. No, it's true. They just walk <laughs> in, plug and play. Yeah. Yeah. And when they come in, they're usually there. A competition's there for five days. That's five less shows. That's 10 less shows I have to advance. So are you, do you have to bring in a crew halfway through their day at eight hours yeah. to, to swap them out? Yeah. Yeah. That's happening more and more at more locations. It's not working for the client that well. But it's working out for you. Works for me. I mean, it kind of works for the crew too, because what the crew, our crew used to do when I first started there is they would sort of, they would split, split up. And what they do is say, I'll do this 14, you do the next 14, then we'll split. The that's pretty days. good. So therefore you're not going against the labor law, but you're also you get your time and you come into work and you leave and you get still the same check as if you came in yeah. twice, which is, I get, I understand, but it's tough on the turnaround because if it's like, go, 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 then you have to make sure that there's someone to sort of cover the break and making sure that that happens. How many staff do you have right now? Six. Six full-time? Six full-time and three part-time. Oh, right. And where'd the part-time kids come from? Toronto or from the, the They're all, the couple of them are Richmond Hill based and one guy is a Toronto based. So, oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, I hired local so a kid can ride his bike in. Good. Yeah, yeah. It's great. Got to get this kid though. He's got to get, he's got to open up a little bit. Just a weirdo vibe going on. You have to just like. What's, what's he, 15? He's uh, 20. Just got out oh, of Oyard. Just got a what? Oyard in London. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Tell him to relax. Yeah, it's sort of the thing is like, yeah, yeah. This is two parts of this job. There's, there's, there's the doing the sound part, but there's also speaking to people part. Yes, <laughs> finding people to deal with clients is a, yeah. a push. Yeah, uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> you want a 57 or 57A? Yeah, yeah, what? what? No, I just you want, want a 58 a beta? I want a mic and I want to be on one of those sticky things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever see uh, uh, A Mighty Wind? Yes. Yeah. That I mean, was where I got that from. <laughs> <laughs> now, when you look at it here, it looks like 3D, and then yeah. you just... And who does that guy remind you of? You oh, my God. He's rubbing his hands together, like... Oh, to be his, fuck. And he finally clips him on the back of the head, like, shit, man. Oh. Oh, that's my... One of my... The other favorite part of that is when they're just about to go to air, and the guy's in the production room, and he goes, you know what would be really great? Is that one of those cameras that fly over the audience? <laughs> yeah. Think we could get one? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no. No, that's Fuck, not that was happen. funny. Great, I love Christopher Guest. Oh my god, all the he, best films. He says he says some of the greatest things when it comes to like our profession too, like Spinal Tap and oh my god. Uh, do you remember old Massey Hall in the basement where it was like very yep. much where you can get lost? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I'm not going to name the band, but we were on tour and went to Massey one time, and we took all the dressing room signs. Yeah, and we'd say showers that way, and then we would go forward and change the direction of the signs so that they would have to go and like this kind of figure eight in the basement. <laughs> and we played with them for about 10 minutes before they started to really get uptight. And yeah. they were like, okay, here, here. Sorry, <laughs> sorry been fucking with you. We used to do, uh, at York, we would put uh, this, we had this one group in and I was really into Lost at the time. So when they put their signs up of, on their dressing rooms and I started putting Dharma Initiative their logo for that show Lost <laughs> and I would replace them. Like, so when they'd see their, you see the, it's like a weird little logo they have in this. And you're like, why is that there? What is that? And then we started hiding like with, <laughs> with foliage and stuff where the bathrooms were, like with like this all this weird greenery came in and we're hiding it's it. It's so fun to fuck with people. Oh my God. That's good times. The best part is there's my other thing is is when you're speaking to the client in with the crew, the crew has so many inside jokes that you can be cracking jokes. The crew's over there laughing their face off because you're yeah. talking to them like a certain like in a in a in a way that that they know what you're saying, but you're saying something completely different. They have no idea what you're saying. You know what I mean? It's like, true. It's I we we are cut from the same cloth like that. Uh, I just try to get along most days. Yeah, like I get uptight sometimes, and I don't like it. We have a we have a lot of Russian people come in, and every time they come in and they start speaking Russian, I start talking about Walking Dead. So they go, uh, no, no, it's on Sunday nights. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great idea. On Sunday nights at nine o'clock. No, 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 don't spoil it. No, stop. <laughs> and the crew's like, what the fuck? Why are you fucking with a client like Cause that? Because it's fun. Because it's fun. Yeah. And they have no idea, but it's fun because it's like, and every time they start doing the same thing, like yeah. they start, and it's like, and they have fun. Everybody has fun with it. Yeah. You know what I mean, because it's like, I also call it um, I call it Chewbacca moments because when Chewbacca goes, you're like, there's something to be said. So that's what I call when I say Walking Dead's on. There you go. It's on at nine o'clock. Yeah. So you're here and you're uh, you're you're sober and you're um, you're working in the biz. Yeah, kinda. Yeah. Been taking it easy the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Just I just yeah taking some time. That's I mean being a you're freelance still right. I love freelance for life, man. Really? I, yeah, dude. I love the fact, like, especially it's so easy to get fired with when you're a subcontractor. Yeah. Like, you're only as good as the job you do. Yeah, that's and, true. And yeah. usually you're let go because of budgetary things. Yeah. So I'm like really good at like, yeah, okay, I can see that. I'll see you later. Yeah. And it surprises people. It's like, and I love it that when I price out a gig and they're like, yeah, that's, that's too expensive. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's, that's okay. My deal. Yeah. Have a good day. 
had the same thing with Simon Claymo. He's like, we Simon. wanted to do a, a video element to the show, Chinese New Year. He said, this is my rate. I go to the client. This is his rate. Uh, too much. I'm like, yep. Yeah. So you want your show to look like a piece of shit? Yeah. Don't use Simon because he's the one that does video. You yep. want a video guy? He's your guy. Yeah. He'll do everything for you and it'll be good. And right. Now I know it'll be easy for me. But, uh, it's too expensive. Can you ask him to do it cheaper? No. No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I've seen so many community groups and rental clients come in with their PowerPoint mm -hmm. and none of it matches for the projector that's going out for the, the output for the digital. Yep. And it's a fucking train wreck every time. Yep. So people spend the four grand on Simon Claymo. He's worth it. Well, there, was a, <laughs> there was a time though, when you at the LEC for a, a corporate event, there'd be like Frisch Corn would be back there and they would be doing video, Ev everything, everything. And it would be like, everything would be done. It'd be redundancy and like a whole team of people. Yes. And now like we had Costco come in and it was like, we got a video switcher and three PowerPoints and we want to stream some stuff off YouTube. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. wow. Don't, it's going to look like a piece of shit. Please don't stream stuff off the YouTube. Ever. It looks like shit. It does. And if you're going to do it, I keep, well, we keep saying this because the internet. Sounds like shit. It looks and sounds like ass. And, and, and when it fails, who do people take the fall on that? Me and the crew. Exactly. So when it doesn't work. So it's that that's, yeah, ever, you know, but I'm saying, okay, we're, we're in a budgetary issue when it comes to how much money it costs to put on a Costco show. I get it. But. They've also made technology much easier to do yes. such a thing. But at the same time, when the technology is easier, they think that one person could do a hundred different things. They don't know. No. They're, see, we're just getting back to that. They don't know. They're just ignorant. Yeah. They, so, uh, you, know, you know the show Glee? Glee, yes. Yeah. I blame Glee for people showing up to venues oh, going- Oh, because they just say it just works. Yeah. It's they're like, magic. They, yeah, it's like- Guess what? It takes fucking six hours to program that shit. That's true. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, well, I remember back even 20 years ago when you needed moving lights in your theater, you got a moving lights and a guy to operate. And a guy to operate it, separate console, yeah. separate everything. Everything. Because yeah. the lighting person like, I'm not doing that. They didn't know how. They didn't know how. <laughs> more of that. Yeah. I, more I, of that. I, I used to operate uh, two or four scene preset consoles all the time. Yeah, as yeah. soon as the computerized console came, I'm like, we were I'm out. Just talking about that with somebody about how the Go board killed a lot of ops, like killed a lot of ops off. I used to love doing the presets and flying it on the chase. Did you have like the cardboard cutouts that you could put your faders to? <laughs> no. And then I, I use tape. Use tape. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 And, and sometimes I just, just do whatever I wanted. Whoa, you monster! Wow. <laughs> I was just thinking about. Well, the only thing where technology really took off is like doing musicals and stuff, like. With a digital board, it's so much easier to do. Because I couldn't imagine doing a, a, a music. I never did musical on an analog board, ever. Couldn't I, imagine. I, the digital consoles, the way that they operate now, and the guys that can use them, I'm amazed. Yeah. Uh, I have limited experience with that stuff. Yeah. I'm not a sound guy. Yeah. I, like if I, can't, <laughs> I was doing a little corporate, and I was like, here, I'll give you a hand. And I started to operate uh, the mic for the one speaker. So we got this. And I, I didn't hear the feedback at all. <laughs> Like, sounds so like, great. Sounds great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, as, I mean, I remember doing like a few NASCO calls in a, in a, like a hotel ballroom sometime at five in the morning, and there'd be a full crew of PRG or whoever sitting yeah. there setting it up. I just did one for PRG. It was me and another guy. And we oh, did yeah. the whole thing. It was like this used to be a ten person gig. Now it's two for now eight it's hours. Two and doing it, and it's like. I don't know how those companies can last and survive. The industry right now, like between all these huge companies like Solotech, 
uh, PRG. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else is there? There's so many of them. There's yeah. it's a it's a saturated market. Dropping rates to get gigs and just charging labor. Yeah, I don't know how you're going to make money. No, and it but does lessens the industry at the same time. How do you change a big boat like that? Like, how do you change your whole pricing structure when you're trying to like, oh, well, there's this piece of trust costs twenty eight dollars to per piece of trust. Now we're going to bring it down to twelve or ten, and still costs whatever it costs to buy. It's insane. Yeah. I keep telling people in venues, don't purchase lease. Yeah. Because technology changes way too fast. Interesting. And you're not getting the greatest quality out of a build for a fixture. Like if you look at the difference between like a clay packy fixture, an elation yeah. or a VL, yeah. like the difference between each fixture is different manufacturing, different, like it's some of them are better quality. Yeah. Someone told me that the Grand MA is on its way out the door, which is the technology that everybody uses. Yes. It's, it's, we're almost done. We're yes. Just, we're, we're done with it. I can't it. remember what that new- uh, I don't know. But he's like, give it, gonna be. give it a couple of, he said, give it a year or yeah. two and the, uh, the, the grand may be way of the dodo. I'm like, what? Yep. We just got one. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Uh, I don't know what direction other venues are going. A lot of them are going with the geo What's element. That? It's a, the, uh, above the, uh, it's a compact car. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Basically you get in and you yeah. got <laughs> <Turn> the knobs. <laughs> <laughs> but most of the venues in the, in the Ontario region are going with geos, which oh, is, okay. uh, ETC uh, console. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you yeah. can't operate moving lights off it, which people say you can't, but you can. Yeah. But how do you, how does it work? I don't know. You'd have yeah. to ask a programmer. See, I was the other thing. I worked with uh, Strand for like 10 years, and now when we get this uh, an ETC console, I'm like, why? I can't speak backwards language, because that's the big Yeah. It's like everything is backwards, and I just don't have the muscle memory or the persistence to say, I already learned lights. I got this. You know? <laughs> I, I would prefer to hang a light any day thing yeah, operate. Yeah, yeah. For I sure. I used to love lighting. Yeah. I had such a hard on for lighting. Yeah. I used to love it. I used to love going hang lights all day. Yeah. Now I'm like, yeah, no, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta go up there? No, I'd rather, uh, yeah, just uh, build some risers. Yeah. Yeah, it's more fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And make those sound guys laugh by putting stuff in the wrong place and then blaming them. <laughs> I got a great Johnny Brooks story. I don't know if I should tell it. Well, you could edit it out. Yeah, or I just keep it there. Johnny Brooks. It's funny because uh, Johnny Brooks would. Is it, it inappropriate? It's, funny. it's appropriate, but it's funny. But it's a Johnny Brooks to a T story. Hanging lights. I'm sure he would love it. He love it. Okay, so uh, Johnny Brooks hanging lights and goes to put gel in, and this is at the Living Arts Center. And the I'm not going to say who the head had tech LXs. I'll tell you off 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 mic. But um, goes to Johnny. Goes Johnny. Got the got the gels wrong. He goes, oh shit, sorry. And I guess Johnny had had a maybe smoked a little weed the night before kind of thing had that smell of weed so that person takes it to the the thing is johnny's smoking weed so then the the, the guy who's the tech the the crew chief yeah 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 comes yeah. up and says uh johnny's smoking weed because johnny's like no it was last night well, last night okay, well, who told you smoking weed so then that other guy comes on stage and goes uh so he goes uh all i heard was keep your fucking mouth shut <laughs> Good for Johnny. Johnny tells like, what the fuck are you? Are you kidding me? Because I hung some gel in there, put some gel in the wrong spot. Yeah. And that is so Johnny Brooks like to. But that's okay. I do that myself sometimes to people like, dude, why don't you shut the fuck up before you do more damage yeah. than good? It was very funny yeah. because that person went on to other career moves that were like that same idea used it as a model in certain elements in his career. Really? 
<laughs> I'm mouthing words to him. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. I'm. I'm. Uh, we should do uh, sign language next time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. <laughs> American sign language. Dickhead. Yeah. Dickhead. <laughs> uh, yeah. There's some sick individuals who are spiritually sick in our industry, and they think it's uh, appropriate to put other people down to get ahead. Totally. Fuck off. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. I'm with you on that. I yeah. think this is. We're in this industry, like you said. We're here to make art. Uh, we're not here curing cancer. And that's what we're, and then when you get home at the end of the day, you're not like, oh my God, this job sucks. Because it can, if you really do, if you really focus on certain parts of the job for the better part, yeah, it does suck. I recently, I've been uh, doing calls to the LAC. I think I already mentioned that. Yeah, yeah. And it's been fun getting my hands dirty again. It's been a long time. So I've been like more than a PM. Yeah. Like actually being able to patch and shit. It's been fun. And I, like I said, it goes back to like, you're not, you're not afraid to go put, you know, do some work, you know? And that's, I grabbed the mop there. Everybody's like, what are you doing? Yeah. I'm like, it doesn't matter who you are. Grab a mop. Yeah. And then, but that, that's the part where by experience, there's a lot of people that know you that I know that say like, Paul's awesome because he does things that aren't normal. What normal people of, you know what I mean? Like in that position do. But I'm old school. Yeah. That's the way I was taught. Yeah. So uh, I had fortune. I was like, I was really fortunate to get some good PMTV gigs at a young age. Yeah. And I was told to learn from your mistakes. Oh, totally. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to learn from my mistakes while these people pay me. Yeah. And, and that's life too. I mean, in everything, any, any industry you work at, you can't, you always make mistakes. You're always going to make mistakes. It's the small mistakes you make a lot of, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the little mistakes, like when you're patching a six to a nine, it's always somehow you always get that backwards. I've done that. A little mistake. Yeah. But if you uh, put your whole PA into feedback and blow up all the horns, big mistake. Yeah, I've seen that happen. Don't make those it's, anymore. It's very sad. Very sad. So that happened on a uh, Westbury gig with an Adamson rig. Yeah. Going, like it was like early 90s. Yeah. And one of the cabinets actually set on fire. Oh, <laughs> that company's not too far from here, actually. Oh, yeah? Adamson's based, I, I think, out of Port Perry still. I'm hearing some wonderful things about their new product. They always had this sound that was just, to me, like... That's pretty accurate. <laughs> Just like the new JBL. You have to, oh. you know, they have that. How sad. Yeah. But, but you can leave in the rain. It's going to be, it is. I'm actually meeting up with a guy who's the, the Yorkville product specialist. And he's going to show me some New Yorkville line array stuff. It's exciting. I don't want to say anything, dude. It's exciting. Yorkville, I just had bad luck. You just throw it in the river when you're done. You drag it behind the car, too. <laughs> Yeah, it's cost like 10 times cheaper than a normal PA system. But... Is it is it moving? No. It's just staying in one spot? Yeah. Purchase it. Yeah, right? If it's not moving, go ahead. But yeah. if you're moving it around, don't do it. If you start taking it on tour, you might- You're going to have a problem. <laughs> yeah. Probably a few, actually. <laughs> Plus, people will judge you everywhere. Yes. <laughs> so I'm going to- uh, Let's let's go get a coffee or something if you still want to hang out. And sure. Yeah, I really appreciate you doing the show, man. It's uh, anytime- Come back. Let's talk. I hope you. Uh, I hope this was what you needed. It's totally what I needed. Yeah. Sorry yeah. about the delay with the uh, car accident. No car crash. Crash. Yeah. Cool man. Thanks. No one got injured. God bless. And that was Mr. Paul Dolan. Oh man, two hundred and four episodes. Woo. Ric Flair impersonation intentional. Thanks, everybody, for helping out the show. Thanks for shopping on Amazon. You, too, can support the show on Amazon by going to appalock.ca slash Amazon or appalock.ca slash US Amazon. Thanks, everybody, for shopping on Amazon. You know what? It helps the show. It helps you out. It's coming up, coming up that time to the holiday season where people are buying stuff online. 
And you know what? Everybody buys stuff online because I still like going to stores. I like going to the stores and buying stuff. Put it in my hand. I'll buy it. I'm efficient. I'm an efficient person when it comes to buying Christmas presents. Like I said, Paul, thanks for doing the show. Nice to see you. Thanks for coming up. Sorry about your car crash. Uh, yeah. So, next week, everybody. I'll see you next week. Have a great, great week. We'll see you again next week. I have Mr. Matt Gagné, who is pretty much the hospitality, the head of hospitality for the Rock Fest, Montebello Rock Fest. And that's not only that's not the only thing he does. He manages some bands, one of them being uh, the Anti-Queens and a few other bands. Uh, Emily Bones has been on the show. So there's a tie in there. See you next week. Have a great one. Bye.